everybody. Welcome back to another podcast on Fifth Ave. We have some Penguins news this week. It's not the signing news that people were probably hoping for, but this past Tuesday, Casey DeSmith agreed to an extension with the Penguins. It's going to run through the 2023-2024 season, and it's about $1.8 million annually. That is good, bad. How are we feeling about that? Just kind of, it is what it is. I think it's boring. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is boring. It's boring. I, like you could do a whole lot worse for a backup, I think, than Casey to Smith. Yeah, looking at his career numbers, he's in a average, maybe slightly above average backup. Um, for the value, one point eight million. That's that's pretty good. His his past contract is making one point twenty five. I don't know. So let's see, a dollars raise. I don't know what exactly he did to, to merit a raise, half a million, when you know there is such a cap crunch right now. Yeah. So I, fair. but again, if you look at what other goalies, backup goalies around the league are signing for, it's not that bad of a value. Um, injuries may be a concern. I mean, he was unavailable yeah. to the Penguins the last two uh, playoffs. For the, I don't like saying like a player is injury prone, but DeSmith, it was kind of the same injury the last two years. It was yeah, he had to have core muscle surgery in in the in May, and then he also had it last off season too. Um, it was the gro- so the groin both times it was different sides. So one year is like the right side of his groin, and then the other year it was his left side. So I don't I don't know how connected. That might be if, you know, one side maybe overcompensates for the other. Um, he did say, you know, um, on clean-out day this year that the the side of his groin that he had surgery on last year was fine this year, but I don't know if maybe that would have played a role in his groin on the other side getting hurt this year. Because yeah. when he injured it in the playoffs, that was like the final nail in the coffin, but he said it, it was something that had bothered him for the last month and a half of the season so hmm. I guess you could say injuries are a concern but um they could do a whole lot worse for backup I don't know I say boring because I, I guess there maybe are some other interesting names out there but given the Penguins cap situation I don't know how feasible that would have been the name everyone throws out there is Mark andre Fleury people want Mark andre Fleury I don't know if you're gonna get Fleury for 1.8 million Definitely not. And I was just going to, I was going to ask, what does that do for all of, because there's, there's going to be rumors until the end of time that Marc-Andre Fleury is potentially going to come back to Pittsburgh or people are going to want him to come back to Pittsburgh. So the Penguins signing Casey DeSmith, extending that deal for him. Do you think that that will put a nail in the coffin of the flurry talk, or do you think that will just keep going? No, I so I already saw a tweet like saying like, well, maybe now they can flip Jari and then open up the oh number one Lord. spot, and then so, like so. I think people are always gonna um, talk about flurry. I, I don't, I don't see it happening. Jari does have one year left on his contract. KC too. Um, if we're talking about like flurry as a backup, I I don't know if flurry's gonna play another two like after two years. So. Um, and I don't think, you know, he's he'd be number one to go with Casey at this point. So I think it should put it to rest, but it'll never put it to rest. Just like all the players from Pittsburgh, um, John Gibson, I, I still feel like I hear people talk about, you know, they should they should yeah. try to trade for John Gibson. Like, why? Um, yeah. Like, 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 why would Anaheim do that? You know, he's young enough that 
they get out of a rebuild, he's going to be around. Mm-hmm. JT Miller, Vince Trocek, um, Brandon Saad, people talk about. Anyone from Pittsburgh. Uh, and Fleur, I guess he was here so long, but he's kind of in that in that same boat. But I don't know. I think people are always going to talk about it. But uh, it's, it's Casey has the backup for the next two years. kind of interesting because mm-hmm. they do have um, goalie prospects coming up through the system. So yeah. not – anyone that I would say would be ready to come up next year just because uh, all three of their – so the two that are going to be in Wilkes-Barre are rookies, Taylor Gauthier coming from the WHL, and Philip Lindbergh, who did play six games of the – or seven games of AHL last year and then got hurt. He, he's really going to be a rookie next year. And then Joel Blomquist over in Finland. They have three pretty solid goalie prospects. I don't know if they'll be ready next year, but I mean, what happens if they're ready two years from now? In like the last, uh, in the last year of uh, Casey's deal, you know, they'd be cheaper, so maybe, maybe he gets. They could like flip him and still bring one of these guys up, but um, that's uh, that's a long way away from now. Yeah, that's not that's not very soon, and they have options, and it is. It's just very un exciting. It it's just a move that yeah. felt like okay, they're sort of giving us an idea of what the goaltending situation is going to look like next year, which is exactly what it looked like last year. And it wasn't terrible this year. Goaltending was kind of the, the problem in the postseason, but it wasn't the same problem as they had the last couple of years, which was shaky goaltending. It was, they were playing with a third string guy because both of their, you know, Jari and, and DeSmith were injured. So yeah, injury, definitely a concern with Casey DeSmith, but the, the new uh, hires and the new internal promotions, maybe, maybe that won't be an issue. Hopefully maybe they can work on that with, with Casey DeSmith. I guess we can't quite write, write him off just yet. And he did look good down the stretch this past season. It wasn't like he looked earlier on because there there were even some, just some questions if he was even competent enough yeah. but he did kind of turn it around I, I remember us talking about that kind of mid-season like holy crap what do we do what yeah do do? it was it was January in Columbus was uh when he he turned it around because but he, he got pulled like two games in a row uh he you know that's whenever it was something like bring Louie up give him a shot just because like what what happens if we get towards you know the end of the season and the playoffs when you need him you should probably know what you have in him yeah, they ended up needing him in the playoffs, but um, yeah, Casey. Yeah, he had a, he, he did have a really rough first half of the season. Uh, he did turn it around. Um, so, you know, looking at the rest of the free agents, they have you know they are prioritizing obviously Latang and Malkin in that order. The Smith was obviously a little bit separate from that because you need a backup goalie. Yeah. Any anyway, like That's uh, it, it really doesn't affect what they have, you know, for, for those guys. Um, this leaves them with 21, just about 21.4 million left. So that's a two goalies. Goalies are done. They have six defensemen and uh, nine forwards. So, you know, if they're going to sign Latang, it would have to be, you know, Latang and then three other forwards, maybe one of them walking. So if you bring back those two core guys, you're still going to need two forwards. Um, that's assuming Zahorna and O'Connor are on the roster. So, I don't know, someone like Rodriguez Heinen we might just see back because they're going to be affordable. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's going to be a million depth guys in free agency. I still think it's possible that 
you know, Latang Mall can come back and they can complete the roster. Obviously, we talked about Marcus Pedersen, a likely candidate for a trade, and that is something that the front office is actually talking about with Pedersen specifically. So uh, the Smith, a little surprising to see him get a raise, but it doesn't really, it doesn't, doesn't ruin anything. Yeah. Um, But it does give us a clearer picture of where things stand cap wise, looking at, you know, filling out the skaters. Yeah, for sure. And we're less than two weeks away from the start of free agency. So it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to follow the next couple of weeks and it might be eventful. It might not. I don't know. Only time will tell, but it's, sort of slowly coming together, but not in the ways that people have been wanting to see, unfortunately. But yeah, Casey DeSmith's coming back. He's getting paid more and that, I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Like kind of boring. Like we've been saying nothing, all that thrilling. It just kind of is what it is. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back. are back the nhl draft begins thursday july 7th pretty exciting just overall but it feels like the season just ended because it did just end we're like we are right into it so taylor what can we look forward to with the penguins kind of who who do they have their sights set on and who are they hoping to get well i mean first of all (laughs) they have a first round pick crazy since 2019 so that alone very exceptional um it's the 21st overall pick is, is their, their pick in the first round. That's also the pick they had in, in the first round in 2019 when they took Sam Poulin. Um, this is the fifth time in his in team history they've picked 21 uh, before pulling okay. Colby Armstrong. So All uh, right. Colby Armstrong was the 21st overall. Um, just looking at uh, real quick the other picks they have, um, they have fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Um the second round pick went to Anaheim in the Raquel trade. The third pit round pick went to um, LA in the Jeff Carter trade. So uh, after that first round pick, uh, they're going to be pretty, uh, not a whole lot going on to start day two. But um, as far as the first round pick is, I mean, that's all I know to talk about. They always pick the best player available. So it's not necessarily drafting by like position. Um, you know, like you look at, you know, right-handed defensemen. It would be great if they could get a good right-handed defenseman just mm. because that is an area of weakness in the prospect pool. But that's not how you approach the draft, especially when you have a pick this high. You're just looking to pick the best asset because yeah, so much can change by the time these guys do make it up there. Um, and also, I mean, the re- one of the reasons they try to go for the best asset is because it's always like a trade piece too. Um, so like, you know, you look back when they took Callie Klang and Yo Blomquist, two goalies back to back in, um, 2020, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but then, you know, one of them just becomes a trade piece. Yeah. Um, so that's why you take the best player available. And I mean, there are a lot of, um, intriguing names. It's kind of normally, you know, mid late first round, it's kind of a crap shoot predicting these guys, but I think, mm-hmm. It feels like more so this year. I, I don't know how much, uh, you know, just COVID has an impact on that because so many of these players, they maybe have like lost seasons or, you know, shortened seasons, less opportunities for teams to scout them. Um, yeah. 
and you know the guys in Europe maybe you know scouts weren't going over there traveling around as frequently as they may have been so I don't know if that's um a big part of why things are um I guess kind of up in the air where the you know penguins pick like going back to 2019 you know I always do like an article like predicting the penguins who the penguins pick it you know wherever the first pick in the draft is mm-hmm. and in 2019 I was pretty confident that I had a guy I picked like maybe seven or eight guys I was pretty confident that I had it him on there and it was pulling yeah. and I had him in my article I did one of those this year too not quite as confident <laughs> that I got it there are a lot of guys who maybe started out high and then fell some guys rose their stock so uh lots up in the air one intriguing name I want to talk about Brad Lambert he's Finnish I don't know how he's named Brad Lambert if he's Finnish but yeah, it's a very American name I think he, he Canadian like his family's Canadian um he's playing in Finland now um so he was, and he's he's a forward. He can play both center and wing. Um, he was initially, you know, like you go back months ago, a year ago, um, predicted to go like top five, um, very skilled, and like he was producing well. Um, so the 2020, 2020, 21 season, he was in the top Finnish league, um, as you know, like a. 17 year old which is crazy impressive and he actually was producing fairly well for a rookie in that league um 15 points in 46 games playing against grown men teams always love to see that you know that's one of the benefit of the European guys is how well do they play against grown men um he and you know he has size six foot um uh, 183 pounds so I mean he could stand to put on a little bit of weight but not a concern but then coming into this year um production kind of dropped off he played with two different teams so he had 24 games um with the team that he was with the year before he only scored two goals four assists and then he moved to the pelicans in that same league 25 games two goals two assists um they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs no points in three games so that kind of hurt his draft stock um and that's why he's now kind of projected to go mid to late first round Okay. Um, I, you know, he, given just how good he was the year before, if he's around, I think that's something you absolutely take. Um, and just hope, because, I mean, he, he, he's shown he has it in him to play that way. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, I, I didn't have him on my list when I first made it together, put it together, because I did it, I don't know, like a month ago. And I think the thinking at the time was like, he might not, he, he still might not be around at 21. Now it seems like maybe. He might be around at, at, mm-hmm. at 21 in the Penguins pick. Um, still not super confident that he's going to be there. But if he is, I mean, I would um, I would take him. Uh, the other name that's really interesting to me, um, Ivan Miro... Russian. Miro Um I think I'm leaving out a syllable in there. It's very long. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Let's roll with Ivan. it. Um, I'm sure his nickname is Miro. We'll call him Miro. He's a left wing. Okay. He's the one that, um, you know, he was originally supposed to be uh, very high too. Looking up at, you know, Sportsnet, their rankings in Feb- February, um, he was supposed to go number nine. And then in March, he got diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's the same form of cancer that Mary Lemieux had. Mm. Um, so, you know, when when they first announced that he was supposed to miss the entire, you know, this coming season. Um, 
So, I mean, some projections then had him dropping to the second round. But then uh, at the scouting combine in, in Buffalo, he wasn't there, but the central scouting director said that he had completed his cancer treatments. He's been given the green light to resume training, and he's expected to play next season. So um, probably he's not going to go, like, number nine-ish, like they originally thought. But he's probably not he's, – he'd be a good pick at, you know, the mid-late first round at this point. So. Mm-hmm. If he's still around, I'd I'd absolutely take him too. Um, he was in the Russian second league last year, the VHL. That's um, uh, it's just like the the minor league for the KHL. So that's where he was. Um, he okay. was for Omsk, ten goals, six assists, thirty one games. Um, he was uh, I I have a hold on, I pulled up a scouting report. Um, from. Uh, this is from Muskegon in the USHL. He was supposed to go there for the 2020-21 season, but then because of COVID, he didn't end up going. Their coach called him an elite skater. He hits like a truck, and he has an unbelievable shot. So, mm. I mean, that just kind of checks all the boxes. Sounds compelling, yeah. Um, Bob McKenzie did also say he has a solid two-way game um, with okay. no shortcomings in his toolbox. And, I mean, that's encouraging because a lot of times – guys coming from these different European leagues, maybe their two-way game isn't there. Um, I think maybe especially that's a stereotype of, like, Russian players. Um, mm. But uh, apparently not a shortcoming of his, so he's another intriguing pick. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, this article, if anyone wants to, like, see, like, the full list, you know, I have, like, kind of scouting reports and uh, projections for each of these guys. There are a bunch of um, different guys who could go around this uh <laughs> around this range and a bunch of interesting names like I mean like names <laughs> um, uh right wing out of uh the WHL who I have on this list um Jagger Fergus that's his name oh, okay I've heard all I need to hear Jagger Fergus yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit smaller he, he's the guy who like rose his stock um he was originally specific, uh early projections had him going like early third round now he's actually supposed to go, you know, in the first round. So Jagger Furcus, another name. Um, wow, what a name. Jimmy Snuggerud. He's coming from the U.S. National Team Development Program. You know, a lot of good players come out of there every year. Uh, he's a big forward, 6'2", 185. Um, sounds like maybe like a power forward type. But, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of interesting names here. A couple that um, currently play with Penguins prospects currently so we know they're guys that the penguin scouts had eyes mm-hmm. on because when they're watching their own prospects they're also seeing these guys the two that i have down that are that are like that um tristan luno luno uh defenseman from the gatineau olympics and the qmjhl um he's a and he is a right-handed shot defenseman so that'd be very interesting uh, the Penguins prospect who is on Gatineau is uh, Isaac Bellavo, their 2021 fifth round pick. Um, they were briefly a pairing because Bellavo is a left-handed shot, but not they weren't primarily together. But um, Luno is another guy who is maybe supposed to go a little bit higher. He had his draft stock kind of impacted by just having off-season surgery last year and then missing some time this year. So um, he might be a good uh, guy to keep an eye on. The other one who uh plays with a pen- penguins prospect you know this past season as a left shot defenseman uh Kevin Krachinski 
uh, at a Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL. So he was teammates with Lucas Spakovsky, who is one of their top forward prospects right now, just because there are so few. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he, he's kind of expected to go in this range. He was like a late bloomer. Um, he finished number three overall in team scoring this season for Seattle, 22 goals, 24 assists, 33 games. Um, his plus 36 rating was first among defensemen and second overall in the WHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but looking at last year, he um, had 10 assists in 23 games. So uh, the, the offensive production really just came out of nowhere. So um, very intriguing. Um, just, you know, kind of a short sample size with that, but mm-hmm. he'd be an interesting pick too, but a lot of options. A lot of options. And like you said, it's just exciting that they do have a first round draft pick because in the past decade or so, those have been few and far between. So we'll find out this coming Thursday, the 7th, where the Penguins end up landing on that uh, that 21st pick in the draft. It, it will be exciting. Uh, looking forward to seeing who they can get. Let's take one more break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Another just general name to keep an eye on for the NHL draft this upcoming Thursday is Logan Cooley. He's a prospect from the Pittsburgh area, actually. And Taylor and I were talking in the break. When I pulled up his information, I saw the year 2004, and I thought, how's he a prospect this year if he started playing hockey in 2004? No, that was the year he was born. Uh, So that made me feel really old. But what can you tell us about him besides the fact that he's from Pittsburgh? And that's just, it's always exciting to see guys come through the hockey pipeline in Pittsburgh and make it to this point in their career. Yeah, so he's from uh, West Mifflin specifically, and he's going to be the highest drafted player from uh, the Pittsburgh area. Uh, he's probably going to go in the top three. Um, the top three right now is very uh, up in the air, um, but it's safe to say he's either going to be playing in Montreal, New Jersey, or Arizona. Um uh, he was so the the highest drafted player from Pittsburgh right now, J.T. Miller from Coropolis. Uh, he was picked by uh, by the Rangers, number fifteen overall in twenty eleven. So even if Logan Cooley does go like number three or even drops a little, he probably won't. But um, he's going to be the highest drafted player from Pittsburgh. That's uh, cool. Forward, he can play both center and wing. Uh, he's coming from the U.S. National Team Development Program. Uh, and he's going to go to the University of Minnesota next year. Uh, so he's going the, the college hockey route, so he's not going to be going pro right away. Um, but he's, uh, he's a two-way, two-way center, very skilled. He had a Michigan goal at the U18 World Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the most interesting things about him, uh, he got his start skating in Crosby's Little Penguins Learn to Play program. Um, he was one of the inaugural Little Penguins. Like Crosby started oh that gosh. program, spearheaded it. Um, 2008 was the first year, and it's four kids. You know, like four to like I think the age ranges of changes, but whatever. He he was like three or four when he when he when he did it. He was one of the very first kids to come through that program and. Um, I mean, for the, the Little Penguins program, for, for people who don't know, it's um, Pittsburgh area kids. They provide free equipment, which 
Uh, I mean, hockey equipment is so expensive, so it just makes the yeah. game much more accessible to, to for people to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, now Logan Cooley, he does come from, like, a hockey family, so, like, his older brothers, you know, play, but um, Crosby's Little Penguins program is where he first started skating. Uh, and, I mean, Crosby does skate with, like, the Little Penguins kids uh, every year. Now, Logan Cooley, he did say that, um, something like Crosby would have been out there skating with him when he was four years old. He he said he doesn't remember it too well, like actually being out there with Crosby because he said he was just focused on trying to stand up at that age on his skates. Um, and so it's just really cool to see that kind of program play off. And given that he was from the first program, now that those kids are getting older and draft age, it's going to be interesting to see how many more kids come out of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, like Logan Cooley, he also yeah. did play for um, the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite Program, which is the youth system they have. And that program, too, has grown a lot in, in recent years. And um, the, you know, products that are coming out of there and, like, you know, adding teams. We had, uh, you know, we had Sean Suizamon. Uh, you know, he's a coach in the, mm-hmm. the girls' side of that. And, you know, they added, like, a 12U and 14U girls a second team just because of the growth of hockey in this area. And we're seeing that on the boys side too. And so Logan Cooley, he was a, a product there. So uh, now, so he, he's a two way center and you'd figure, I don't know, coming from the little penguins program, maybe model his game after Crosby. He said, Patrick Kane, um, which okay. doesn't really line up, but okay. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Kane is somebody who tries to emulate, but then, uh, his favorite player is Ovechkin, so oh. uh, he's like, I'm pretty sure he's like a, a Cavs fan, so yeah, <laughs> Low key. Is, you know, you look at like the, the last kind of wave of Penguins, you know, players to come out, uh, Pittsburgh players to come out of here, like uh, Brandon Saad, Vince Trocek, you know, JT Miller, um, John Gibson, all in, you know, like 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Those guys were talking about like Mario, like watching Mario growing up towards the end of Mario's mm-hmm. career. Obviously, they're a little bit older, but uh, and now this this wave is like the the Crosby generation, especially given that you know coming from his program. So right, cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, something he did say too is like he hopes, um, you know, he helps cement Pittsburgh's status as more of a hockey town because I mean obviously it's like a Penguins town like that's not in question but as a city with a reputation for producing high profile players it's there really haven't been Mm -hmm. many you can like you know first round picks or guys who have you know played long NHL careers you there haven't been a ton so for him to go you know top three that's just a huge for kind of just like the the reputation of the city mm-hmm. here, you know, he'll inspire more little kids to knowing, you know, I mean, he's from West Mifflin and he came from little penguins and the penguins elite. Yeah. So just uh, very cool for the city. Absolutely. And I think like you mentioned the fact that we have such a high profile player in Sidney Crosby, one of the best of all time to be in Pittsburgh and in, not just playing here, but invested in the growth of hockey as a sport in general, that, that that generates interest in the sport that I don't think necessarily was there. And he's making it more accessible to people who may not have been able to afford it before, because like you said, 
it's very expensive. I know my brother played hockey for like one or two years in high school and it would just blew my mind how, how much of an investment that was. And there's just not much that schools provide in the way of equipment. Whereas sports like football and baseball, that's just kind of all given mm-hmm. to them. And, and the fact that, again, we have a guy who has invested, it, it just creates an interest in kids who are growing up to be like, oh, I, I can do that. And I want to do that. And I think we will potentially see a surge in the next maybe 10, 20 years of players who grew up watching Sid play and caring about the Penguins. And then as a result, caring about hockey, because it's, it's something that just kind of trickled down from his the, the way that he poured into the community here. So that's exciting. And that, yeah, that's, that's huge that I didn't know much about him besides the fact that he was from Pittsburgh, but knowing that he's going to go top three for sh- pr- probably like that's, that's a big deal and that's big for Pittsburgh and it's exciting for the city that like, yeah, we can, we're starting to hang with, with the other places. We're not, we're not that far behind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because, you know, obviously you said Penguin's Town, but, you know, places like cities in Minnesota or like Boston and, you know, that also produce hockey players mm-hmm. and, you know, have like strong college programs too. And like we're seeing like Robert Morris, you know, they got their program back. So just a great time for, for Pittsburgh hockey in general right now. Absolutely. It's exciting and it's fun to be a part of it and be immersed in it living in the city and Again, the NHL draft is going down. It's starting this Thursday, the 7th. So watching a hometown boy get drafted, watching the Penguins have a first-round pick, it's going to be a good time, and we're looking forward to it. Thank you, as always, everybody, for listening. We drop new episodes of Podcast on Fifth Ave every single week, so make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you listen, whether it's just the podcast route or it's on YouTube. We drop videos over there as well. We'll see you next week for another new episode.